way already. Are you going to take that pen out and use it? Because you know you have that habit of clicking things and doing things. Wow, we haven't even started the show and I'm getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> we are so starting cool. the show though, aren't we? I think so. Everywhere I go, I get yelled at. So I'll put my toy down. I actually like that one because it's purple, first of all. Then I figured again, you would. It doesn't have a clicker. I actually have a clicker. Do you want to trade? This might really give you anxiety. I might just. I have a clicker too. Ah, all right, give it back. <laughs> <laughs> What's going out there, people? What's happening? We are Parababble. We're uh, under the big top again tonight, and we're going to bring you a nice show about movies versus reality and how it affects everyday people. So is this still part of our um, October theme podcast month? Well, it could what be. What day is it? What day? Yeah, it's still October. It's yeah. still October, but... Yeah. yeah, sure. It feels like January. It does. Because I'm cold. so far ahead. Oh. My weeks are toast. <laughs> I have no idea. We're, we just show up, there's a recorder, we talk. Your weeks are toast? My weeks are toast. All right, so we're going to do mo movies versus reality tonight, and... Uh, you know, I've heard a couple other podcast people out there do that, but you don't see a lot of it. So there's a lot of really cool little correlations that go along with society and how movies affect, um, well, it goes back and forth. Movies affect society, society affects a movie, and the decades always change. And there's always going to be new ideas because reality is always changing. And people, I want to say, get caught up in it. And we like to babble on this podcast, right? So, yes, we do. I mean, that's that's kind of the other part of this is this is a good thing to babble about. I think I just got caught off guard and told to shut up in a very nice way. I don't think so. <laughs> you said we like to babble. Were you implying that I was babbling? No. Oh. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, our, okay. Maybe, just, maybe I have to put my sensitive shoes on. <laughs> I think you have them on already. <laughs> All right, I know. Well, wait, okay, who wants to start off with this mess? Okay, well, I know uh, your intro was a bit different than what I did. I, I went at this from a completely different angle, a much simpler angle. And I just researched a bunch of movies that claim that to be based on a true story and researched how true they actually were or were not. Every movie's true, Rob. It comes from somewhere. Maybe. Somebody Maybe is not. perceiving reality. And making it real. A very small part of it, from okay. what I've found, for the most, more for the most part. All right. So, you want me to start? I thought you said you were just gonna do that. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is. <laughs> this is gonna be one of those nights, people. Yeah. So buckle up. Yeah. Just hang in get there. Get comfortable. <laughs> get yourself a, a a toasty, nice beverage, and just sit back because we have no idea where this train is going. By the time you get to the fridge, settle in, <laughs> we might have our shit together. Yep. But, uh, in the meantime, you could follow us at Parababble on Twitter. Oh, yes. Or, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Parababble. We're also on Podbean now, oh. where you could find all of our past and present episodes. You could download them. You could listen to them right through your browser or through an app, I'm sure. Even the missing ones are there? Yes, the missing one. Nice. We have missing links. Yes. Nice. The Urban Legends episode. The oh. EVP episode. Oh, good. That was a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys wouldn't know that because it didn't air yet. And if somebody <laughs> and if somebody wanted to email us about how great they think the show is. Or how sucky. Look at you. What? Hey, they let's be honest they here. Can, they can email us that. I'll just hit spam on them. <laughs> oh, you weren't supposed to say that part. <laughs> so it's parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Love the Gmail. Love to hear from you guys out there. All right. We keep interrupting here. Hopefully you're back with your drink and settled in. So, Rob, uh, I think I know where you're going, but tell yep. the world. Well, I, went, I researched three specific movies that claim to be based on a true story. Uh, revolving around a lot of paranormal things. Um, the first one I had to do, because we did a whole episode on this a couple months back, or a month back now, I don't remember how long, Skinwalker Ranch, we talked about it, and at the time I specifically remember saying during the episode that I was surprised that there was no movie based on this story, because it was so crazy. Mm -hmm. After the episode I did a little research, and it turned out that there was, unfortunately, an episode, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, whole, uh, a whole movie made. 
based on Skinwalker Ranch. I know you saw it too, Jeff. And uh, uh... and as I watched it, I knew we were going to be doing this episode eventually, so I was taking notes while I was watching it. It's not a good movie. Five stars, off. what do you give it? <laughs> Out of five stars, what do you give it? One and a half. I was a little more generous. I'd probably give it two, two and a half, possibly. The ending, blue. Yeah, well, that it was killed a, it. It was a found footage movie, and all the all the endings for those kind of movies typically. Okay, fair suck. enough. But you but can make the end. Bad. You can make the end totally the way you want in a movie, and that's yeah. the whole thing about the reality of it. Yeah, and they definitely changed a lot of the story. Um, the whole plot was that. Uh, the rancher from Skinwalker Ranch, his eight-year-old son, uh, went missing in the beginning of the movie. That, of course, never happened in real life. Poof. Yep, he disappeared. But I thought it was interesting because he disappeared uh, because they showed one of those blue meanie orbs mm-hmm. float over him. And it just sort of sucked him up and he was gone. Gone. So I thought it was kind of cool that they put the blue meanies in there. But, yeah, that never happened. Does he no. come back like 20 years later and no. hasn't aged? Nope. He's stuck somewhere in a parallel dimension. He's just gone, gone. He's gone, gone. He keeps like running through. Gone? He keeps running through the kitchen repeatedly. Yeah, he's like a he was like a residual haunt. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, starting to believe more in smoking dogs now. Yeah, unfortunately, the movie did not have any smoking dogs. I was hoping that they would. That was way too outlandish. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were just gonna go at straight straight up like aliens, and they kind of did. But I was kind of impressed that they did have a dire wolf in there. Oh. They threw a dire wolf in there. They stuck with that pretty hardcore, yeah, too. They never explained it at all whatsoever, but there was a dire wolf. He was just running around the ranch. Did he look like a werewolf? Mm-mm. He looked like a regular wolf? He was like a huge wolf. He was huge. Like, he could, like, stand on his back hinds and, like, have his then he hands on the gutter of the, yeah. the ranch, uh, the, the house and the roof. Mm-hmm. So bizarre. Yeah. Um... But the movie, the whole plot, then they have a research team come into the ranch, document all the strange activity after the rancher's son goes missing, which kind of goes along with what happened in real life with him bringing in a research team, even though his son never went missing, like we said. Um, Eventually, the movie reveals that the military used the ranch for research in the 1960s. Um, And then at the end of the movie, a bunch of aliens show up, and everybody either dies or gets abducted. Spo- like spoiler that. alert. Yeah. Well, I don't think too many people are going to be yeah. watching it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I need to. It would to be easier to um, just research George Knapp on YouTube and listen to his story because he worked out there with uh, the NIDS team. But so, okay, so let's talk about this. Obviously, it was a found footage movie. Um, how does it correlate with reality or did they, I mean... Did anything influence this besides the obvious stuff happening at this ranch? I think they took bits and pieces from it, and they just incorporated whatever they could with their budget, which probably wasn't that big. So if um, we sat down with Joe Blow, and they knew nothing about the Skin Rancher, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, and you put that movie in for them, do you think that would uh, their perception of reality would be changed by this, or would they just go, eh? I would just go, eh. You see where I'm driving with this. Yeah. Is there a reality with this movie? I mean, is it believable, or is it just a pile of crap? No, no it's, it's a, if you don't know the story of the Skinwalker Ranch, you'll, you'll watch this movie and be like, why is there a giant werewolf walking around during this alien invasion? It's really, really bizarre. So you would, believe, no, that, would yeah. you believe that there's a, a werewolf that size running around on that ranch? Or would you just go, this is a joke? I would say this is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But the story itself is kind of crazy, so... Well, the story is crazy, but, I mean, again, someone's perception of that that whole time there, they took it and said, you know what, I researched all of this, I'm going to make my movie, you know, and here's here's $10,000, let's shoot it. Yeah, you put a couple of uh, blue meanie orbs in there, and you have a kid that runs through the kitchen repeatedly. So, you know, it's, again, it's a perception from this director's point of view in the story, but I don't think it really hit... So I don't think it really changed yeah. anything in reality. No, not really. But yeah, you could definitely tell that they were at least very familiar with the story itself. Yeah, they they did tail in that, and I know there's so much on this ranch that they can only put one solid or two solid storylines in there. That way, you you couldn't explain everything. It's just way too much. 
So, thumbs up, thumbs down. Movie reality didn't really work. Thumbs down. Yep, it didn't really come across as a... It's too crazy of a story to begin with. Yeah. Like, that story has just well, got you really so have many to, yeah. elements to it. There's so much involved in it. It's just like, it's a crazy outlandish tale to begin with. That to try to, like, put that into a movie that's watchable and makes sense in a two-hour time span. Yeah, because you really have to step out of bounds to even get a grasp on the real story that happened yeah. there because that, even as paranormal investigators or whatever we do. Oh, are you, we paranormal investigators? Well, you know, I'm just saying to our people out there. To our people. <laughs> our two people. Our two people. We're, Hi, Mom. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you really, it's even for people who believe in a lot of the unknown and, uh, you know, you can go the UFO, paranormal, this, that, religion, whatever. That is a big stretch of a story, but it has been so well documented out there that you almost have to believe it. But then again, you just go, "This is this is effing nuts." <laughs> they should make a comedy out of it. That's the only way it would work. Is if they made it so over the top and insane that it was just like zany. Yeah, you can go down like a cult classic. Yeah, and then you would have to incorporate the smoking dogs. I like that idea much better, and that's actually a, more of a movie I would want to watch. Yeah, I would watch that movie. Yeah. Now, would you sell a little a little pipe and a little baggie of weed, or I, I mean, don't think you'd need I it. Don't know. Did they... <laughs> I don't. It probably helped the experience. <laughs> what were the dogs smoking? Did we ever get to the bottom of that? We don't know. Marlo, weren't they? Marlos. Yeah. Didn't they like find this, the? Oh, they found the cigarette. Yeah, they butts? did find the butts on the ground. See, I'm the only one that pays attention when anyone in the show talks about anything. Oh. <laughs> I haven't even seen the movie, yeah. never read the book, didn't do any of the research, but I remember that. <laughs> that he went there, and they were right there on the ground, still burning, but the dogs were gone in their trench coats. But, that yes, obviously left a big impression on me. It did, right? <laughs> and us who study and look into this, we're like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Blue meanies. <laughs> Blue, oh, what about the orange ones? But, so, okay, so that, that really didn't pan out in the theory of a... a uh, it's going to change the face of America or wherever the movie's played. No. But do you have any other ideas or other bigger stories that might people might just jump on the bandwagon and go, wow, this could actually be going on? With other movies? Yeah. Yep. I got two other movies. Oh, no. Much bigger movies than this low-budget Skinwalker Ranch movie. Uh, I did some research on The Conjuring. Oh, yes. I don't know anything about it. Really? No. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. That's it's been out of my house strange. a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And also the movie Annabelle, which was a spinoff of The Conjuring. Did you see that one? I did. You paid money for it? Um, yeah, you went yeah. to the theater, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. No, I, when it came out on DVD. Oh, you bought it on DVD? I didn't buy it on DVD. Oh, you rented it? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that great. I like The Conjuring, though. There was, was a lot a, of liberties taken in that movie, though, too. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I, I looked into it because that that story, kinda, that movie, kind of came out of nowhere, being like uh, claiming so hard to be based on a true story. A couple which of years the Conjuring, ago. right? Yeah, the Conjuring. Um, so there's not a whole lot of information out there other than um, one of the little girls that lived in the house during the time she's written a series of books now. Um, but for the most part, from what I could find the family um the real family they lived there for actually over 10 years and it's a lot shorter amount of time in the movie if you watch it uh the movie was based on ed and lorraine warren's case files rather than the actual experiences that the the family said happened however the parent family which is the family in the movie and in real life uh they support the film they um back it they claim what's what happened, you know, they, they say some liberties were taken, but for the most part... Well, it is Hollywood, too. They say that's what really happened. Um, so in the movie, there was a ghost witch demon that was causing all this trouble. Right? Ghost witch demon. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what she was, right? It's she the was... trifecta of evil. <laughs> <Yeah. right there. laughs> it's the 666 of them all. Yeah, the ghost witch demon. Uh, but, but Bathsheba Sherman was her name. She was a real person in real life. Uh, she was around in the mid-1800s, and she had four children, and three of them did not live past the age of seven. More than likely, there's not a whole lot of in-depth records from way back then. So, you so it's really sketchy, know. so you can... Yeah, there's also um, an alleged incident 
with her um, having a baby in her care that wasn't hers. Um, and it died because it was stabbed in the skull with a sewing needle. Hmm. Uh, the townspeople believed it was her way of making an offering to the devil. And um, she was put on trial, I guess, but she was cleared of it. But the rumors still spread that she was a, a witch or something like that, I guess. So. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so I guess that's where the, uh, they suspect the ghost witch demon terrorized this family in real life and in the movie. So my question to you again is going to be, if I went to the theater and I knew nothing about this, I just knew it was about a scary doll, would I believe it when I walked out of the, the movie theater saying that, wow, that doll is possessed. I'm your everyday Joe again. I think it depends on how skeptical the everyday Joe is. This movie was a lot more well done, high, much higher budget. Uh, I thought it was really good for a horror movie. Uh, the skeptic in me was like, I wonder how much of this is real and how much of this is bullshit. But either way, True. it was a cool horror movie. So I could go in there and be like, oh, it's a cool horror movie. Yeah, dolls. They get, you know, it's the whole, like, clown thing. You know, mm-hmm. clown scare. Oh, they get, you know. So. Yeah, because, like, I didn't even touch on that. Because uh, Annabelle is in this movie. Uh, Annabelle the doll, the famous haunted doll. Um, in real life, she had absolutely nothing to do with this whole family's. So it was Hollywood uh, just dreaming up a little more. Yeah. Annabelle's a real doll and everything. As we all know. Right. And they did make a spin-off movie about Annabelle that I did research. But she... Anything that happened in this movie did not really happen in real life. Aside from... I thought in the beginning when they showed how they got Annabelle was pretty accurate. I know we're going to get into her more when we have our Haunted Objects episode. So I won't go into that yet. But they did make a spin-off movie for her uh, last year. Um, the entire movie is bullshit. What? Spoiler alert? The yeah, whole movie's a spoiler alert? The whole alert? movie. <laughs> it, none, none of it is real. Because in the movie, uh, Annabelle became Annabelle by a satanic cult trying to summon a demon. Demons. And they broke into this couple's house and um, they killed some of their neighbors and stuff and they like attacked them and uh, the one wife, uh, she ended up killing one of the satanic cult members and it's their blood splattered on Annabelle the doll. And that's how she got possessed by a demon. Oh. It's so funny to me how satanic things are always so quote unquote, pun intended, demonized in uh, media in general because Satanists exist, mm-hmm. um, but obviously they don't go around killing children and making human sacrifices. Nor do they promote that. No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. It's like a religion all about being selfish and like you know doing for yourself and that being the most important thing. Um, so it's always really crazy to me that that's like so far fetched that it's like not even in the same wheelhouse, but yet people believe it all the time. Yep. It's just, it's crazy. Well, the other thing with that is when you go to a theater to watch something like that, most, I, I don't know if I disagree with you or agree with you, most people go there to watch the movie as an entertainment thing, and when they're done with it, it's like, they don't put too much more thought into it. Like, someone who really might study that or might be in a, a field that, you know, I want to know more about this Right. So and I'm not every day, that, the everyday Joe is just like, I'm not saying that entertain they need me. To, yeah, and, and that's fine. But I think it's just funny that there are certain things in pop culture that are so completely dead wrong. Like, don't even have a shred of, you know, reality in what they actually are. But yet pop culture perpetuates the stereotype by using those things over and over and over and over again. Is it because it sells? It, it has to be. Why else would you do it? Okay. But at the same time, it's just, it's like, get a new idea, people. Well, as you can see, <laughs> Hollywood is out of ideas. That's why every movie that you've grown up on That's is now being got, rehashed. Yeah, you got The Conjuring that made like a billion dollars, and they had to spin it off with Annabelle, and I know they're making a Conjuring 2, and they're going to make an Annabelle 2, I'm sure. So they just keep going on and on and on. Like now, the Paranormal Activity franchise, and yep. how, like, one wasn't enough. Lorraine Warren did. More. Lorraine Warren did oversee a lot of the script. Yes, I actually wrote that. And in how my notes. how close to the story they stuck to, 
she was a consultant on the movie. There you go. She makes a cameo in it, too. Yeah. She's, yes. She's in one of the scenes. I mean, um, Travis Walton, who was abducted, Fire in the Sky, he was another one who was a consultant to the movie. But, you know, I went to see him a few years ago, and he said, Hollywood is Hollywood. They're going to get their, their dips in. See, and that was a great movie. It that was. was a great yeah. standalone mm-hmm. film. But he also said he didn't really feel all of that towards it. You know, there was a lot of things that, you know, they changed on him. And, you know, he's given up his rights in that end to, to make that story happen. But yeah, I've heard, according to him, that all of that movie was true, except for the biggest part. The whole alien abduction was completely fabricated in the movie See, compared to what his real part of it yeah compared to what his real experiences supposedly were like that that part where db sweeney is like on the table and he's got that sheath over his face mm-hmm. and just his eyes exposed and it's coming in and like they put the liquid in there like yep. that sticks with you just because it's so absolutely disturbing yeah there's definitely something to be said about that whole missing time and and how it worked out but you know again it's it, it goes back to your perception you know what are you going to believe in is this, is this a reality that you know is happening? A lot of people say that reality for that example, fire in the sky. There are abductions happening all the time. There are things that we don't even know that's going on. So, could it be a reality thing? Yeah. But the Conjuring. If I'm a paranormal investigator and I'm sitting down in the theater, am I, am I going to believe it? Am I going to believe possession on the haunted doll or? And the ghost witch demon. Yeah. Am I going to believe that walking out going? Yeah, that could happen. Wow. Well, if you really want to get into it a little bit more, um, here in the Parababble studio, uh, actually right over there, there's a book called The Demonologist that is written by Ed Lorraine Warren. And The Conjuring is in that book, along with every other big case that they have ever claimed to work. And it's kind of interesting if you go and read that and you see the movie, because there are some things that are very similar in both, but again, the tale is so outlandish to begin with that... Who's to say... You have to step out of that box right. again. Is it reality? Is it not? Yeah, exactly. It's like, do you believe the person in real life was telling the story? Right. Like, you wrote it down in 1970-whatever-it-was that it happened. And exactly. And yes, this movie came out a couple years ago, and it's very similar. But again, who's to say that that's what really took place in the first place? So if you don't believe in possession, you might as well just kick this story right out the window. Yep. Or ghost witch demons. Or haunted... Demon dolls possessed by <laughs> satanic cults. Okay. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, I think, because... For entertainment purposes, it was a good movie. Yeah. The Conjuring, not Annabelle. No. no. Annabelle was no. not not nearly as good as The Conjuring as a movie. The spin-offs well. are never as good as the originals. No. But I will guarantee you there is a horde of people out there that believe that Annabelle... Oh, yeah. That's, that's how they're going to be raised into the whole idea if they follow out in a, a career like this. They're going to be like, oh, this was the basis off of this story. No. <laughs> but we'll stick with the con. We'll stick with, I'll, I'll go with this. We're going to stick with the reality of it is um, in the field that we do that I would believe personally that something can be possessed. And I would probably walk away from that movie going, Okay, I can see something getting possessed here. I can see a curse or something put on this doll and causing all kinds of havoc within this family. So I'm gonna, I'll give it a yay. I mean, yay! I, if I ran into the real Annabelle doll, I certainly, certainly wouldn't mess with it just because of the stories. You know, I'm very skeptical, as you guys know. But Didn't you guys go see that a couple of years back? The Conjuring? No, the actual doll. Mm-hmm. Didn't they have it no, locked no. up somewhere? No, we know people that did, but we didn't oh, know. okay. Yeah, she travels with certain pieces. Lorraine Warren travels with some pieces from the occult okay. museum when she does talks and stuff. And she was local a couple of years back, and um, she had Annabelle with her mm-hmm. as like a traveling exhibit, which is funny to me because yeah. if that doll is really so badly possessed that you need to keep it in a glass box and have it bound by priests and all this other stuff that you would travel with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's totally safe. <laughs> Don't knock it over. <laughs> yeah, don't break the glass. <laughs> or, or shit's going to be everywhere. Yep. yep. We, all, we all did go see The Conjuring, though, when it came out, and that was pretty amusing. A whole row of uh, real-life paranormal investigators sitting there watching The Conjuring, probably picking it apart. That should have been a movie in its own. Yeah, it could have been. You must not have been with us then. No. Yeah, were you not? yeah. I missed out on that one. Yeah. No, you guys, I don't know where, I don't think I just, I was with you guys, but I wasn't with you guys. Yeah, you must have been busy. I'm always busy. Yeah. That's my new life. Just call me busy. 
looking for smoking dogs on the street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every street I drive down, I'm looking for. I see a dog, I'm looking for a cigarette. Nah, but okay. So, I uh, so I'm, that's, I'm cool that's with That's where it. you went with that. That's where I went with that. <laughs> it's a fallback now. Smoking dog. Maybe we'll change the name. So I took an even different angle when I looked at this because I wanted to find out why these types of movies, you know, tend to be so similar when they're made. And it was kind of an interesting thing that I found out that, did you know that supernatural horror is actually a subgenre of horror movies? That there is a category all to themselves for supernatural horror films. Hmm. I can believe it, I guess. So the whole purpose of these films is to invoke peer, panic, alarm, dread, get you unsettled, play on your fears and your nightmares. And do you want to know what the top ten supernatural movies are? This ought to be good. Because some of them I've never even heard of. And maybe you guys are more movie buffs, so maybe you have heard of these before. But number ten is The Serpent and the Rainbow. Yes. Okay. Number nine was The Conjuring. Ooh. Number eight was a movie called Oculus. Yep. I've, I've seen, seen that somewhere. I have not is seen that, that the one. one. It's about a haunted mirror. I think. Is yes. that the one with uh, the. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Is that recent? Like last year or the year before? Um, within the last few years? Yeah, within the last few years. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, okay. Number seven is one of my all time favorite movies in this genre that I didn't know existed, but that's The Omen. Omen? Yeah. Ooh, you didn't know that existed? No, well, I didn't know it was, it was a on the supernatural, supernatural horror. I just think it's like a horror flick. I didn't know that it was part of like this sub-genre. Yeah, that scared a, sh- <laughs> that scared a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, number six was The Legend of Hell House. Number five was The Haunting, but the original version in 1963, because that movie was remade. Mm-hmm. Um, number four was The Amityville Horror. Number three was The Thing, which I thought was kind of weird. Well, that... Yeah, yeah. Is that supernatural? It's more sci-fi. It's on the sci-fi sci-fi side. I would say sci-fi horror. I mean, well, what the uh, the dog or whatever gets taken over, and it's got a creature in it. And yeah, but it's not a demon. It's an alien. It's an alien. Yeah. Hmm. So number two was The Shining. Okay. And do you know what the number one supernatural horror flick of all times is? Mm. Supernatural number one. What what uh, what ranking is this? Is like. How popular they were, their highest ratings, how much money they made. It's like a, it's from a, a group of people that specialize in this particular field, in this supernatural horror film. Are you aware of genre. this movie before you did this study? Yes, it's got to be a popular one. First off, Oculus probably shouldn't really be on. Well, Oculus and the thing, but you're talking about film critics, thing. so you know yeah. they're they're foo foo to begin with. All right, give us a, a hint. So it could be anything. Give really. us a hint here. Let's play a little game. Yeah, give us a hint. Well, if I give you a hint, you're going to know it right away because it's that popular. The decade it was made? When it came out? Yeah. It was out in the 70s. It's not Halloween, is it? Nope. No. Hills Have Eyes? Nope. You're both going to, like, do the the palm to the forehead when I say the name of this movie. You already said Amityville. Yep. It's not The Exorcist. It is. Oh, yeah. It's it's the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yep, it is the number one sub supernatural horror flick. Pun to the head. <laughs> oh, man. The Exorcist. Have... Yep. Yeah, I I don't know how I didn't. Demons. Yeah, exactly. Demons. So when we look at this stuff, I kind of wanted to also do similar to what you did, Rob. I wanted to look at movies that were based on true events, but I kind of took it from a different angle where it wasn't necessarily the story itself that the movie is based on, but that the movie was created based on an idea of something true that happened. So, and this actually, this part of it was interesting to me. Um, Just so anybody might want to know, supernatural horror, this particular genre, must include demons, ghosts, a combination of those things, and should have elements in the plot of religion. It's a sprinkle of religion over it all. Yep. The thing little, still doesn't belong then. Just a little sprinkle. It's an alien. Yeah, it's an alien. It's, it's an alien cool sci-fi creature deal. movie. It takes over and kills people. I'm Is there a priest in that movie? That. I don't think so. I haven't seen now it Now you need to go back and watch it, don't you? Well, I have both versions. I have the old version. I have the uh, original and then I have the remake. I, I don't, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I don't think so. People are still probably throwing beer bottles at their computer right now because they're probably guessing the exorcist and we're playing dumb over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not even caught up to where we're at right now. I was trying to think, I was trying to think like totally out there because because of some of the other ones that were on there. I know, it's a yeah, weird... Yeah, the exorcist is so popular and it's... 
Yeah. I wouldn't put Oculus on the list at all either. I mean, it was okay, but... But mm. you think about it. I mean, most of the movies, I think we can all agree that are on that list, do invoke fear, panic, alarm, dread, make you feel unsettled, and play on your fears and your nightmares. Well, wait a minute. Wait right? a minute. Wait a minute. If, if the thing is on there, then Jaws should be on there. There was mention of that. Or because some of Jaws the, caused of, all kinds of shit to the, happen. These are only the top ten. The list was like 50 movies long. So oh, then Oculus would have definitely been off and Jaws should have bumped was, up. <laughs> there was a lot of those types of movies that you wouldn't necessarily think about, but that was included. Um, it just didn't make the top ten of the list. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll play within the rules. So when I looked at this, um, I was kind of interested in... A couple of the movies that you know I grew up with, and I'm not a big horror flick fan. I know that you guys watch a lot more of them than I do. Um, but the movie that scared me the most when I was a kid, and I, I will never forget this: I was in third grade. I was over at a friend's house. I was not supposed to watch this movie. I watched this movie, and I could not sleep for a week straight. Every single time I tried to fall asleep, I would freak out. I would like try to sleep in the hallway. I would try to sleep in the couch. It what was year? bad. What year? Well, I was in third grade, so... Where were we at in third grade? Um, you give me a year and let me guess the movie. I don't know how old I was in third grade. How old are you in third grade? I don't know. How old are you, Rob, in third grade? Uh, it was probably mid-80s. Like nine? Mid-80s? Yep, mid, mid to late-80s. It might be the same movie that scared the crap out of me the most as a child. Like the first big horror movie I watched. Halloween? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you Nightmare guys are scared. With, that was a great movie, though. That scared is a great movie. Scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I was so petrified of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And they, and it was interesting when I was reading about this because they said that the first movie was actually the scariest of the entire series of Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely. After that, Freddy almost becomes like hokey in some sense. Oh, yeah. Almost like, like they comic. go for laughs. Yeah. Yep. And it gets away from like the scary part of it. But if you ever, if you remember the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the first time you ever see the glove, with the, you know, with the knives on the fingers, mm-hmm. and you his hand stretched out. Yep, just, exactly. Yep. Like that is still freaking scary. <laughs> you know that that yeah, I could see where that would be for me. I think um, when they're what was it, Tina getting drugged down the hall in the body bag and leaving the trail of blood. That to me left like a really disturbing image in my head. Like, wow, that was really. Awesome. And I think it was still the first one, but do you guys remember the? I don't, you have to let me know if I'm not right here. But do you remember a scene where someone is coming like up down or down the stairs, and the stairs kind of melt, and they yeah, yeah and you get stuck. That's the first one. Is that yeah. the first yep, one? Yeah. yeah. So that still sticks with me. So you flew up the stairs day. and down the stairs. Well, I had not stairs that them. used to go up and down from the first floor of my house to the second floor, and my <laughs> bedroom was on the second floor. <laughs> they were open wooden stairs, so I remember like being so afraid that something was going to, like, reach through the opening. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That movie scared the crap out of me. Like, really bad. Probably twisted a lot of brains out there. Yeah. Me, too. I watched it around probably the same age, too. Like, maybe eight or nine. I should not have watched it. But is there an underlining reality to that movie? Well, this is the interesting part about it. Um, Wes Craven, before he started conceptualizing this whole movie, had read an article in the L.A. Times about a family that had migrated here from Cambodia. From the killing fields. Oh. And the the article was about a young member of the family, a young boy, who could not sleep. Because every time he started to fall asleep, he would have nightmares. And the family was trying all these things. They didn't know what to do. He obviously had, like, some kind of PTSD, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the time, no one knew what that was, really. So they just knew that, you know, he had this issue. And he would stay up for days and days and days at a time. They tried all these things. Finally, like one day he was watching TV and he fell asleep. So they were like, oh, great. This is wonderful. You know, he's sleeping. This is good. Put him in his bed. A couple hours later, they hear him screaming at the top of his lungs. They go running into the room. The boy is dead. They had an autopsy done. Didn't have a heart attack. Didn't have any kind of medical, you know, health issue that would have caused his death. They don't know what it was. Fear. Yeah, probably. Scared him to death. So when Wes Craven read this article, he had this whole idea about doing this movie based on, you know, people that couldn't fall asleep because if they did, something was going to come and get them and kill them in their sleep. And what a good way to put something in there. So that, to me, is, like, way more realistic. You know, even Mm -hmm. though that is a fictional movie, you know that it's, you know, crazy and Freddy didn't really exist and it's not necessarily based on true events, but to know that the premise of that actually happened and could happen to somebody 
makes that so much more scary to well, me. Well, how many times are you in a dream and you're stuck and you can't get out and you're scared shitless? You're like, oh my God. And then finally you wake up, you're you're like sucking air like there's no tomorrow and you're trying to orient yourself to where you're at. And it, I could see where that fear would play in. Oh, yeah. With that story, though, also, um, I also read an article that that wasn't like uh, just one one isolated incident. There was a few yeah. because they kept showing up in the newspaper and I believe it was down in the um, San Jose area in California out there that and he's got all these clippings together and I think that just drove him a little more with that, that storyline. That's a great concept. But a lot of people didn't oh, yeah. back then no one you know, no one really unless you you know, really got into horror movies and you know, with today's technology you can dig up just about any type of information but Back then, you didn't know that was an actual... You just thought it was like, wow. So this guy comes in the dreams, and he's, he's you know, killing everybody. And that's, well, we had to burn him because, you know, he was a janitor, and he did bad things to kids. But, man, where the story actually started and where this franchise went was huge. And, yeah, I think I think a lot of people were twisted when they left the theater about that. I don't know if they actually believed it could happen, but apparently somewhere along the line... These things did happen, and with that boy dying that way, you know, it could definitely have been fear. I was surprised that they really didn't uh, push that, oh, based on true events or something like that, because look at all the movies that do that now, with, even if they just have, like, a small grain of truth or someone's yeah. claims that, of it being true. Like, if I if they build that as being based on true events as a kid, that would have, I think I may have been scared to death. I think that would have really changed the whole thing. And I, I, I bet so you, too. and I bet you, they probably had a meeting about that. You know, well, true event. And there's a lot, uh, much longer time ago than all the movies that they. And I obviously, you know, don't have as much knowledge about these types of films as you guys do. But Wes Craven is pretty much a genius when it comes to the genre. So he definitely had his. He definitely had I mean, his stride. Did he really need to, you know, hype the movie that it was based on? true events you know i think it's almost scarier that you don't necessarily yeah. know that but you quickly but you quickly lose that first the first part when you start getting into like three four dream warriors you know and it starts to get spoofy right. it plays yeah. on itself so you know it loses all its yeah all its sharpness there is nothing yeah. creepier than the little girl singing the song <laughs> exactly there's just nothing creepier than that i think i mean that movie is huge worldwide to this day and if you ask anybody which one they like the best everyone's like after the first one no one really it was the first time you everybody knows where they're at when they saw it they know it's like oh my god what is going on here number one three and seven were the only good ones one, three, number, and seven. Yeah. What one, was seven? seven? Seven was the new nightmare. Yeah. Like, they really flipped it around again. Yeah, they Are definitely. Are you including Freddy versus Jason in those? Or I could, but I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun movie, but it wasn't scary at all. <laughs> what was that where uh, Jason's carrying his head, uh, Freddy's head in a bag yeah, at the end of yeah. the movie? That's just spoofing on itself. So that's that's uh, New Line Cinema trying to make their dollar there. Yeah, I know. And it's kind of a shame because, you know, it's like people get greedy so it mm -hmm. has success. They want to jump on that. They want to keep making more, and it, it kind of cheapens the the whole rest of the franchise when you do that kind of stuff because you just can't. If you're going to just get it out to get it out, it doesn't have the writing. It doesn't have, you know, the plot. It doesn't have all those things that those first couple of movies do because those are, like, the labor of loved ones, yeah. you know? After so, you, oh, go on. I'm sorry, so Rob. After the first one, it really just became what kind of puns can he say and how... Or what cool death can scenes can you have? Kills, yeah, yeah, these kills. So, do you think uh, how does that tie into uh, reality? Does it really, or does it just play out as a straight horror movie until you dig deeper? I think that the reality that something like that could actually take place is scary, and I think that that's where the part of you know the blurring between the movie versus reality. Right. Because you know it's a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, you obviously know that that's not real life. But at the same time, just the fact that it could happen, and it's a logical thing to happen. So it's not like, you know, I mean, you're going to fall asleep, you're going to have a nightmare, it's going to kill you. Right. That's a lot more believable to me than dire wolves yeah. <laughs> and people getting sucked <laughs> up by blue meanies. Yeah, that's why I, I kind of like this one better because it's like, okay, they're really, they're not claiming that there was really a Freddy Krueger or anything, but the stories behind them, they really happen. I mean, there's actual records of these people dying in their sleep like this. 
Whereas with things like The Conjuring or Skinwalker Ranch or Annabelle, these are all based on whether or not you believe in like things like ghosts and possession and whether or not you believe the people in real life behind these stories. Yeah. Like what they say, what they claim. So yeah. you guys have seen the movie The Hills Have Eyes, right? Yeah. Do you yes. know the real life story behind the uh, the whole plot of that movie? Don't kill me out there, horror fans, because I don't know this one. <laughs> I think I may have heard something about it. It happened a long, long time ago, right? It sure did. Yeah, okay. Um, so The Hills Have Eyes is based on the folklore of Alexander Sawney Bean, who lived in Scotland in the 15th to 16th century. And basically the story goes that he moved into a cave with a woman, um, and he had to like leave town because he was not a good person and you know got into a lot of trouble and was kind of like mm. excommunicated. Um, and he had 14 children. Damn! And from those 14 children... He had a clan of 48 people. So figure out how that happens. Okay? That's the first real creepy thing about it. Hmm. So. They didn't teach that in sex ed, did they? The clan <laughs> murdered and ate people to survive. That's what they did. So they killed people for their money, their goods. They killed them for food. They salted their flesh and ate it. And this went on for many years um, until one day an unfortunate couple happened to cross the clan and the husband was trying to fight them off and in the scuffle of everything the wife fell off of the horse that she was on and some of the members of the clan started to eat her in front of the husband. He basically goes like primal because, you know, can't even believe that this is happening. Right manages to kind of fight a couple more of them off. This causes so much of a distraction that people from the town in the vicinity of this area hear what's going on. So they come and they see this happen. So the clan runs away and they hide. The husband explains what took place. They go down to the magistrate. The magistrate says, oh no, we have to go and arrest these people. So they get, guess how many people to go and get this clan of 48 people? Two. 400 people. Oops. We'll see. <laughs> they were not taking any chances. There's a good ratio there. <laughs> whatsoever. So they gather 400 town folk, go to the cave, arrest the family. In the cave, they find remnants of human bodies. They find loot. They find all these things. So they put the family on trial, all 48 members. They're all convicted, and they're all executed. So the town was so upset about the atrocities that were committed by this family, that it wasn't just enough to just, you know, hang them or do things like that to them. They took all the male members of the clan, cut off their hands and their feet, and had them bleed to death, and they burned all of the women. And the really interesting thing is that they said that up until the point where they stopped breathing, they were vehement about having no remorse for what they did whatsoever. That's sticking to your guns. Isn't it? Funny thought, too. Uh, the original Hills Have Eyes, one Wes Craven, he also. So it's kind of like a true yeah. story in its own, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so this is like a documented, I mean, there's even like drawings of, you know, this Sweeney Bean standing outside of a cave. Um, you know, this is like part of the folklore and the history of Scotland. This is and that's going that, way back. Yeah. So, kind of crazy to think about. But Why did when it you, take till like, 1970 to make a movie on one of them? Well, well again, different decades. Yeah. The, the, I mean, what, yeah. How well known was the story until just now? If you live in Scotland, you know it because it's part of their history. It's part of their culture. But we've never heard of it before. No, it's not, not, not nearly as well known over here. No. But, again, it's along the same lines of that could actually happen. And it did. And that's scary as shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it definitely fits into that. Yeah, it's not some supernatural, hey, I got to have, like, everything lined up for, like, an alien being or something to come through. Right. I mean, stuff like that. You know, you look at uh, Deliverance. You know, that's an actual thing. You're out in the woods. I mean, there, you don't know what's out there. Things can happen, and it can be true to life, and it can be a real reality. So, 
That's a good call on that one. I didn't know the full story on that. Yeah, it was actually really interesting, but I think that that movie is even scarier now to me. <laughs> you know, like knowing mm-hmm. those things. Well, they twisted it up a little bit. Didn't they uh, say they were mutated from um, nuclear arms or something or yeah, radiation? Yeah, I think so. It's been a long time since I've seen that one too, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, but still, how do you, you know, all the uh, crossbreeds, how do you explain that one off? I mean, yeah, yeah you, like, eh, dose of radiation. I could see, like, why they would have no remorse, though, if, if that's, like, how they were raised and that's all they've ever known. is mm-hmm. like, hey, we're, we're hill people. We live up in these caves and we eat other people. Yeah. yeah that's just how it is. <laughs> so let me get this right. They make people amongst themselves <laughs> and then they eat them amongst themselves. It's the cycle of life here happening they all. Know, they didn't know any better, except for the father, the, the, first, the first ones that started, really. No. Well, cannibalism is, like, you know... It's really, it, it seems like it's, I know it's so taboo and people don't talk about it and like, you know, those types of things, but there are some cultures where it's common practice. I mean, and if you think about it, you know, there's been things like, you know, that plane crash that happened. Yep. Um, the Donner Party, you know, that were crossing the Great Plains, mm-hmm. you know, all those types of things. Like if push comes to shove and you're either going to die or you're going to eat something. <laughs> That's reality. Right. I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's not something that's made up in your head. Do you guys you guys watch The Walking Dead, right? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so you saw last week's episode? Part of it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say anything if you didn't see it. No, I'm, don't worry about me. I'm good. Okay, because there's a scene with a turtle. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Saw the turtle. Okay, so if... And I had a really hard time watching that scene. Me too. But as much as, like, it was really difficult to watch, my brain is telling me, like, if you're starving... You're going to eat. You're going to eat. Like, there's... And I guess it's the same kind of mentality. I mean, if you're that desperate for food, you go to your basic instincts. Exactly. They can show all the uh, all the zombies eating people they they want. They won't gross me out, but I know. I, I kind of like when she had that bone and she pulled the bone out of the yeah. mouth. I was like, oh, I, mean, I was good with the fleshy part, but then she had that little bone or whatever it was—a neck bone, arm bone, or a rib. See, then my monkey brain turns around. I'm like, she's gonna get sick. Like, she shouldn't <laughs> no, eat that. Like, she should have cooked that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. let me start up a fire, have a barbecue. <laughs> Like, that's just going to be worse for her in two hours. <laughs> Little did that turtle know when <laughs> he crossed the path. And he's like, uh-uh. Yeah, it's But it dinner. was such, like, a, a crazy scene because there were so many different, like... And I know it might sound crazy. At least for me, there was a lot of, like, a different emotions that came out of that. You know, like, this feeling of desperation, but also, like, the idea that there's still things living in that world. Because you think, mm-hmm. like, everything is dead. Yep. So it was really... It was kind of crazy. So I don't mean to get off topic, but... No, but it fits right into the whole... You're, Things are going to happen in, in a reality sense. It's and if you document it and make a movie or how it, it plays out, you know when you get to walk out of a theater or, or watching a show, you're gonna you're gonna analyze that and say, oh shit, this can happen. Yeah, and that's what makes it scary. Yeah, I totally I mean, agree. With yeah, that. because if you think about like some of the other horror movies that no one really, you know, oh yeah, that's so crazy, like that would never happen. It's really not that scary, but I think that's why Paranormal Activity is so scary, because. You, oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, at least the first one. <laughs> Again, we're back to that. You know, I think the first one was really scary. Um, like the scene where she stands there and like the clock is just going, 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 and she's just like zombie, like staring at him as he's sleeping. That is freaky. I need to see a monster. I'm sorry. I kind of liked. I liked them too. You know, yeah. sometimes the less they show, if they do it well, it's better. The less that they show is better. If they do it effectively. So, but that movie's that's see again being a paranormal well, investigator. Your, your imagination clicks in. Yeah, you fill in the blanks, and that's what makes it so scary. And that's you know that's one way to do it. But you know, with the less is more. I'm, I I want to see more. I think, and, but being a paranormal investigator, you're kind of like, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, clock going backwards. That could happen yeah, easily. Door closing, or you know, sitting up in the middle of the night with a panic attack, and there's a shadow over you. Absolutely, if this is what you do and you believe in, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, really, the Paranormal Activity movie, it's, it's been a while since I've seen the first one, too, but in theory, if there were demons that can possess people, they really pretty much went along with the rules that we hear for the most part. Yeah. And, I you mean, know, when I, was, when I was going through this stuff and I was looking at these things, I, there's a movie that I really thought would have been on some of these lists that, you know, would have had something to do with this and I never came across it but 
you know the movie Sixth Sense. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like fits right into this, and it's probably one of the best films because that could really happen too. You know, the kid is obviously got some kind of ability that he doesn't actually know, and it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, all of a sudden he you find out at the end that there's this guy he's been talking to this whole time that's actually a ghost. A ghost. And how many times do you hear stories about kids having, you know, imaginary friends and things like that, you know? And I, I just felt like that should have been included in here. That's, like, probably... a one of the best films that I've ever seen that really gave you that thrill, like, holy crap, I can't believe that Yeah, that's what yeah. happened. I mean, and it kept you, that movie kept you all the way to the end because you really have to go back. How many people went back and watched it a second time and looked for the door handle right. or this this part that happened that... Why couldn't he get what? into the basement? Now Why you could, know. Right. <laughs> or know, All um, those nuts, though, things. What was it? He was in the restaurant? He was, I don't remember. Yeah, and she just was, gets up and leaves. Right, but there was a oh, plate yeah, yeah. for one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Was, yeah. So I mean, all those clues. I mean, if you're like sharp as a tack, you'll get that. But a lot of people went back and said, "Wow, that was ingenious the way they wrote that." And you never had that idea that he was a ghost. Yeah, but that movie scared me too because it wasn't gory. It wasn't like I mean, mm -hmm. there's some scenes in it, but you know, for the most part, it was that whole point of like, okay, that could really happen. Yep, it kept your imagination rolling. Mm -hmm. And once you looked into it a little bit more, you're like, wow, this really... I would not be surprised if people have had similar situations. Yeah, especially people who claim to be mediums, if they are legit or not. You know, yeah. Maybe they can relate in some ways. Totally. I mean, yeah. I Mediums and having that type of vision, you would think that they already know the answer. <laughs> I mean... I'm sure it's not that clear for them in real life if it's... They might be shutting it out because if that's all. what they do all day or if that's what yeah. they're known for, they probably want time to shut it off and just walk away from it. Well, so I think what you're going to let that happen in your own life. What makes that so crazy is that he's a kid. Because that's like, you know, kids are already more in tune than adults are. Yeah. Absolutely. He has no control over what's happening. You know, which again is believable because he's a kid. You know, if that had been an adult, it wouldn't have had the same effect. It has to be a kid. Yep. So, I don't know. I was kind of surprised that it didn't make the lists anywhere, because I really felt like that was probably... Yeah. I mean, I like a... M. Night Shyamalan to begin with. I think he makes some pretty cool movies, but... Yeah. There's one uh, that we haven't really dove into here, and I know neither one of you guys covered it. What about the uh, aspect of sci-fi uh, sci movies and how they've made script writers actually think about can this actually happen so you take like a 1950s uh, sci-fi movie where they make this uh, this gun that shoots out a laser Ooh, how did they get that laser hmm next thing you know you have scientists looking into this so you take the the mind of a script writer who's in a total fantasy world and he goes I'm gonna do this 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 and this and all of a sudden, scientists are looking into these movies and pulling up reality. And I think that has a big effect, too. A lot of, a lot of situations that we have today came from sci-fi movies. Scientists go looking for it. Well, that's possible if you didn't have water, ice here. How do you make this uh, microorganism over here? Wait a minute. They did it in the movie this way. Is there any, is there any truth to this? And they try to cross the threads. That's funny because like, there's a lot of things, if you go back and specifically look, I know in like Star Trek... There's a lot of things that similarly exist today, and it's funny that we're talking about this now because today, when we're recording this, it is October 21st, 2015. Don't do it. Don't do it. He's doing it. <laughs> it's Back to the Future oh, Day! No, he did it! <laughs> I got here in the, the Pair Babel studio on my hoverboard. Yes. With my self-lacing Nikes. And I'm about to go watch a hologram movie right after this. Yeah, Jaws 14 is <laughs> coming out pretty soon. I drove into my DeLorean. <laughs> I mean, we're all good. <laughs> he throws the shout out. But you say something about Star Trek, you know. The Cubs yeah. are in the World Series, though, which is pretty crazy. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. They're, well, they're uh, getting close. Yeah. Actually, they're not going to win at all because the Mets are killing them. But this is like the furthest that they've gone in a long time. And it's crazy that it's this year and they have a chance. And in the movie, they win the World Series. So, mm. very strange. Mm. Biff might have had something there with his sports <laughs> almanac. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, you said something about like Star Trek, and one of the big ones uh, that kicked up. I had some different examples using the science 
theory here, the virtual display device. Um, that's today. That's the Google Glass. Yeah. Like when you put it on, you can get your emails, your recordings. You can go on the internet and all of that. So you know, our the technology and and you're taking it from movies, is, you know, it's right there in front of you. Whatever you can dream up. We're getting to a point where we can actually make it happen. Well, you think a lot of that has to do with like kids that grew up watching that stuff. Oh, absolutely. And became scientists oh, yeah. and became yeah. engineers and they're trekkies when they were little kids, and then they built an iPhone. Right. I mean, there's a scene in Pretty in Pink where they're Molly Ringwald and the other characters uh, instant messaging on the computers. Bam. They didn't have that back then. Now do we have instant me- everywhere? We can instant message anything. I remember watching a documentary or like a behind the scenes thing about uh, Predator, the movie Predator. Yep. And they were screening it for like a bunch of uh, high ranking military officials in the government and stuff. And at one point, one of the officials supposedly was like, I want that suit that the Predator has that makes him invisible in camouflage. They actually have so, some of those kicking around, I well, thought. Well, they, yeah. they do because I remember um, when G.I. Joe came out, the you know most recent. The version, yes. Yeah. Um, they have the same kind of technology where they just, like, I don't know, hit a button, flick a switch, whatever they do, and it makes them invisible. And that is actually based on military technology. There oh. was a movie out there called The Program. This is a little more negative. I know we're running out of time. Um, about the football team, college kids or high school kids or whatever, they were fearless, they're youthful. They would go out in the middle of the road in one of the scenes, and they'd lay on the yellow lines and dare the cars, in a sense, like, am I going to live or die? Well, that affected reality. They had to pull that scene out of the movies because kids were going out there. They were injured, maimed. Uh, a couple of them were killed. So the whole reality thing with the movie, you know, who's, who's leading what here? I, I mean, it goes back and forth. It, it, different decades, um, you know, they, they cause different different things to happen there's different reflections like the 50s you know it was plain puritan type of stuff and you get up to now anything's anything's go so yeah pretty much i mean i can write a movie tomorrow on something and get it out there and have it happen or you know this is what's trending right now in society let me pull that through well that's a good point and i think that's that's the takeaway from all of this is that when you're looking at movies and things like that nothing is an original thought <laughs> no no something is pulled from, from someone everything yep. yep you know it's that that whole circle you're one big circle here in your own and if you can put something out there and pull from it like if i pull like an idea from that sweatshirt that you're wearing or um allison's earrings i mean and put something together and create some type of reality with it who knows where it's gonna go some so ear demon. you really yeah, have to chops it um, um American Outfitters? Yeah. American Eagle Outfitters? Yeah. Wears earrings? So, I mean, I... <laughs> it's a good point, though, because really, if you think about it, when's the last time you saw, like, not, not, I guess not even just horror movie, but, like, a really good, like, completely original movie that wasn't a remake, it's not a sequel of something, it's not based on something that is supposedly true? That would be a really good trivia question. Is there such a thing? Yeah. If you can yeah. think of something... Find us on Facebook.com slash Parababble. Let us know. Or tweet at us at Parababble. Tweet. <laughs> Alice is like, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Like, You're gonna I really laugh. tried not to, but just to see you with the whole arm motion and everything. <laughs> yes, I'm very active in the studio. My hands are up and down and all around when I talk. But Or if you want to talk about great cult films that we didn't touch on that you think we should have brought up, like, I don't know, Donnie Darko. You know, that was in there, too. That was a big one. It's one of my all-time faves. I love that movie. Any copycat killer movies where kids are getting ideas going around and putting things together and making bad shit happen? Let us know what should have been on the list that we missed or that we should have talked about or if you know of anything that uh, follows along those same kind of lines. Or if you just want to give me and Jeff crap about not guessing The Exorcist on that list. (laughs) I know. I, I just didn't see that one coming. Send us an email. But we will defend the thing as an alien. Catch you under the big top next week, guys. Babylon.